Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerials Podcast, now part of the Digitant Family Podcast. Hopefully, you're having an amazing week. And before we get started, so excited to tell you guys that uh, registration for Wrap Your Head Around Silks teacher training, Silks Level 1, is now open. I've got some early bird pricing for the first week. Go ahead and go to the show notes. You can check that out. I would love to work with you guys and meet you guys in person. We're going to do a combination of Zoom hours and in-person training for two full days in LA. So excited to have you. And then there's lots of stuff on my website, a free mini course, aero rehab, and then also my full course on there. Today, we have Rachel Bowman of Womack and Bowman talking about the business of Ariel. It is such such good information for you guys out there who are thinking of doing it yourself of creating a community in your neighborhood um brick and mortar and a digital business so i'm so excited for you guys to get to know rachel some more let's get started so podcast listeners uh this is rachel bowman she's back on the podcast she was here the first season she is a good friend of mine she's also my boss lady She's also the co-owner of Womack and Bowman, uh, which is which is now you've probably heard of it, you know, and, you know, I teach at the studio and she runs the business. And I wanted to do an episode today about uh, the business of Ariel again, because it's it's like a it's a growing trend. We are an industry now, I think. And uh, she's got some exciting stuff going on. So, Rach, what's what's uh, the most recent most recent exciting stuff? Yeah, well, hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me back um, <laughs> on the pod. Love your podcast. See, lots of things, always ha- always stuff going on at uh, at Wobo, as you guys call it. Um, always something. So had some upgrades happening at the at the studio. Those of you that come to the studio in LA that would know about that. We've updated the bathroom and we've upgraded our lobby, and that's been really fun to like work with the designer Nicole Reinerman on that. Um, she does such a great job. She's an aerialist as well, just a beautiful interior designer. So that's been really fun. Um, and then we have also been, you know, just busy with our online programs as well with the Silk Stars membership program. And then we've also just launched uh, Silk Stars Live, which is an in-person event that we're going to be hosting in LA um, this November. So we just opened up registration for that. We did do retreats back in 2018, 2019, but then obviously COVID happened. And we haven't done them for a couple of years. So this is kind of like a revamped um, version of our retreats that we've done in the past. So really excited about that. Now, is this just for Silk Stars members? Um, we actually, we did like an, we, we opened it up to them first. So invited them first. And then, so we have Silk Stars members that have signed up. And then we've also opened it up to the broader public because we have some aerialists in our community that are not members, like they're they're like super advanced or their professional level that they do want to come and take the retreat. So there's, there's a mixed bag. So it is geared up. We have a lot of guest instructors coming who are actually have taught on silk stars. So it is in that vein of, of there's much sort of a relation between the membership side and this live event, but, um, but it's, but it still does stand on its own as well. Oh, and those guest instructors, might I be one of them? <laughs> you sure are. I, I sure am. <laughs> of course you are. 
I love being invited. Yep. Carrie will be teaching. You should be teaching dance on silks, a workshop, which is really exciting. We love having you on like involved to like, cause you have such a special mix of dance and aerial. So it's really fun to introduce that to our, our students. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this, all, all those people in live because it's, it's one thing to be teaching to a camera. Uh-huh. And a whole different ball game with with people, but exactly. So for Silk Stars Live, what can people expect? Yeah, so it's going to be five days. It's it's similar to what you might think of an, as an inter- in aerial intensive. So there'll be it'll basically be like ten a.m. till five p.m. Um, a lot of aerial classes, aerial silks, of course, and we have the guest instructors. There'll be some hoop classes, um, some trapeze, dance trapeze, hammock, and there'll also be some lectures around like injury prevention, around the business of aerial, that kind of thing. Um, then we also do have like a VIP option for for those that want to to do like a solo photo and video shoots um, that we will we'll bring in a professional photographers for that one. And then we'll be there coaching you for that, as well as we offer private lessons to that VIP tier. Um, and then everyone's also invited to like a, like an end of the week party, which is like an, an, an aerial jam. So basically a party um, with, you know, just fun games and then also an opportunity to perform in that kind of in informal setting with the jam. So we wanted to include some performance element for everybody. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Already started filling up. So it's fun just to, you know, get to know people in real life, like you said, though, especially those in our membership community and just people from around the world. So yeah, really excited about that. Hosting this podcast, I'm really starting to experience what you experience, like knowing all these aerialists all over the world. And you're like, man, I would love to meet you. Totally. And then it's hard because they live in the Netherlands or Tokyo or something. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly what we found. So it's really inspiring to be like, okay, awesome. We we actually have one of our members coming in from the Netherlands for the retreat. So it's like, yeah, it's super fun just to, to be able to really place that person that you've been watching and and working with virtually like for so many years and then to be able to meet them in person. So yeah, we're really excited. For some reason, every time I think to myself, like the world that's so far away, I think the Netherlands. I don't know why. <laughs> totally. I get I you. don't even know if it's that far away. I just I'm just like out it there. It seems far. <laughs> it seems far. You and Brett, Brett, uh, Brett Womack and Rachel Bowman. It's so funny because like your names are on the studio wall, right? How do I put this? Like you guys are like Mom and dad, <laughs> but like in spirit, hovering mm-hmm. over us. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we are well, there a lot. We have our Brett does a lot of he he works a lot of on like operationally within the studio. So he's a, always working with the teachers and uh, scheduling and figuring out just a lot of like a lot of the nuts and bolts of stuff that goes on at the studio and then as you know Carrie I'm the one on the marketing (laughs) I'm on the emails and like that's that's kind of where my strength is Brett's strength is really with the organizational stuff and numbers and figuring out and stuff so we do really work well together in that sense but uh, yeah there is a lot going on behind the scenes that (laughs) that is not always visible but yeah I joke around that Papa Brett is watching the security security feed as I'm as I'm teaching every minute of every day every minute of every day because he has so much time <laughs> right um totally. so we had done this with Jill Franklin where we mm. talked about you know how she ran the notes and bolts of things because mm. I can't wrap my head around it half the time and she 
you know, she doesn't have a partnership, but she certainly mm-hmm. has employees. Like she has Gabe taking care of the entire studio. So mm-hmm. I'd love to know a couple things like how it was in the beginning mm-hmm. compared to how is it now? Uh, almost 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And then um, what's like, what a, what a week is like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, back 2014 was when we started the studio. So really 2013, we started Womack and Bowman together. And if, and in case yeah, people don't know, we basically really started out as a performance duo. So that was our that was our thing. We were gigging, we were creating acts together, Brett and I. And then um, you know, about six months, eight months into that, we launched <laughs> we launched what was what I like to joke about was like our first failure was our clothing line we launched. And it was we, we figured out after a couple of months that we didn't want to be clothing designers. Like we basically were designing aerial clothing and it was fun and it, until it wasn't because it was, we, we had to source the materials and we had to do all this stuff and we were like, we don't have time for this we're teaching and we're performing. And so we ended up kind of like, cl- like closing that down. But in the meantime, we needed somewhere to like, to, to, to kind of um, store our clothing. So we opened this little tiny in North Hollywood and I lived upstairs and we had this little place like to put our clothing and we thought, okay, we will just teach some classes here in order to, um, to, to pay the bills. You know, that was our, that was literally what the loft was to begin with. Um, tiny little space. I think there was just two points in that first space, two points. Anyway, so that was how it was. Brett and I taught every class. We didn't pay ourselves anything. We just were like, just struggling to make ends meet. And then um, it really just very organically, it was, it became very, very obvious to us that the clothing line was not going to do well, <laughs> but it became obvious at the same time that the studio was doing really well. Like people just kept wanting to come to class and it was really fun and meeting all these new people. And that was basically how the loft was born was without any kind of business plan. It was very organic. And then we gradually like grew and we expanded to the next door space and this little like live work um, complex. And then they decided to change that whole complex into a live space, like just for people that live there. So we basically got kind of kicked out of our second location, which was a blessing in disguise because then we found the Glendale spot that we are at now with these beautiful high ceilings and it works out, has worked out perfectly for us. So we've been there for six years now at the Glendale location. So um, really expanded, like we've just slowly added teachers, added different kinds of curriculums to class basically classes to the schedule um and yeah have these amazing teachers like yourself Carrie that we have teaching there it's really expanded so beautifully beyond anything i ever ever thought about and we were you know we now we have you guys as employees too so that's been a whole crazy ride and really fun and um yeah and then i would say to answer your second part of your question <laughs> what's a what's like a day in the life or it's sort of like a week because I'm so heavily involved in the business and the back end with the different kinds of um, like departments within our business, which is the department and obviously the studio itself. And now with our like retreat, the, the intensive department. So it's basically, I'm kind of like heading, heading these departments and particularly with the marketing and sales components of them. So basically creating all these different kinds of, of marketing campaigns Um and yeah, and, and that's sort of the behind the scenes of, of that, I guess. And within that, it would be like 
let's just say like for our SilkSars members, there's, I write all the emails that go out to them, which is, um, you know, usually at least once a week is an email that goes out to them. I write the emails to all the loft students. And then also to our like broader community, we have a regular newsletter that goes out for that. So that keeps me really busy writing all of those campaigns, um, as well as then creating the bigger, like broader, like sales pages for different things that we're launching. So I'm very much just on my computer for many hours a day working in that, in that sense. And then trying at least four days a week to get my training on, which is always, you know, making time for that is a priority, but it can be really hard. So just getting to the studio or I'm lucky to have a rig in my backyard so I can train a little bit. Um, so getting my butt out onto the rig as often as I can to, to keep myself like in shape and as good as I can be. Um, I'm still, I still create content for Silk Stars for a membership site. So I teach on, on there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my, my main is now. I just like for the record to say your aerial onesie, unisex onesie, the black one is <laughs> yeah. still one of my favorite pieces of clothing that I own. I love it. <laughs> and if you own one, you're OG because <laughs> you're they OG. were only available for like that two yes. years that you guys were making them. And so limited I own, edition, limited <laughs> edition. They're gonna, my, my stretched out one with holes is going to be worth money someday if it's not I already, it. but I will never give it up. Yep. I wore it when I was pregnant. I wore it when I wasn't right. pregnant. I wear yes. it when like, I don't want to wear leggings or my period or something. Totally. Totally. So totally. I think, I think that great products I do. And thank you for saying that, Carrie. It's just, they, it, in order to maintain that kind of like full respect to clothing designers and people that have clothing lines, like it is a full-time job, like to up the upkeeper of that, you know, the custom service with all of that, like it's just, Ooh, it's another level. Yeah. Well, let me put in my my vote. If if there's I know it's not a democracy, but <laughs> let me put in my vote for when you guys get really big to reintroduce that one piece. See, Brett had told me once, he's mm. like, look, for us to do that one piece, we'd have to make like hundreds of thousands of them to make it worth like Yes. To make it worth anything. Right. I was like, okay, so I vote for <laughs> if it ever makes sense to make hundreds of thousands of them, it's that one that I want back. Uh, it's good to know. It's good yeah. to know. <laughs> Rachel is actually a bit of a she's she she guided me when I was first, you know, wanting to start an online business. And uh, if it wasn't for Rachel, I don't know, I would have been a little lost for a while because she pointed me towards this course that she had mm -hmm. taken on creating an online course. And my life is different because I don't own a brick and mortar, which I would never do in LA ever. <laughs> <laughs> I watch you guys. I'm in awe. You guys are doing is a great job. All, all the studio owners in this city. I might do it if I live somewhere else, but, um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's such a learning curve. Like th that is a thing that struck me so much rage mm -hmm. when I first started the online business thing. So all those listeners out there who think that they want to start an online business or are contemplating it versus, um, versus the brick and mortar. Could you talk mm -hmm. about the learning curve and struggles for them separately? Yeah. So sure. brick and mortar and then having that yes. digital business. Sure. Well, brick and mortar struggles are probably a bit more 
like obvious, um, I would say like with the actual, well, during COVID, of course, there was, that was the major part of it was when we were forced to be closed. Um, we didn't even have a choice around that. So that was a big struggle. Um, but in general, in terms of having brick and mortar, of course, you just, it's, it's going to be your overheads, like in, at least for us, I can only speak for us, but is the overheads, of course, of having, um, the rent, and, uh, your, your employee pay, contractor pay. So that, that overhead is, is, uh, especially in LA, it's definitely nothing to sneeze at. It's, it's legit. So, so you just want to have a really good system or systems in place to, to meet those overheads and then hopefully make your profit that you need to. We're really lucky. We have amazing teachers, but in the beginning, it was like retaining really good teachers, finding teachers, um, getting like a, a nice rhythm going with your class schedule. That, that's another challenge. Like you want to make sure that classes are right. Like you have, the right classes for the, for your clients, people that are coming in. So we initially started off with, with more advanced level people, um, in our classes. And we very first started the studio. And then now we've sort of evolved to this place where we have more of this beginner into intermittent that have come through, which has been really fun and really cool to be able to introduce Ariel to people who had never even experienced it before. Because before I think a lot of people were coming in sort of from our Instagram and from from other places even um, to who were already sort of experienced aerialists. But now it's more like, okay, I want to try this. Like probably part of that has to do with us, you know, getting more into Facebook ads and expanding our marketing out to reach more of those people that are interested who, you know, maybe in yoga or, or fitness in general that haven't tried aerial before. So that's something that we've really worked on the last couple of years, which is really fun thing to to watch people like be introduced to it um so i would say that in terms of the brick and mortar and then when it comes to the online business yeah um for those probably everybody knows this by now but i would i would re- reiterate to say that online business is experience a lot less um pressure in terms of like you know you don't have to invest as much money into an online business you, you can and people do but there is like a less risk, I would say, in my business because you don't have to worry about those overheads that you do with the brick and mortar. Yeah, the challenges I found with that is is growing. It's it's gone in the beginning stages was growing that audience. Like growing an audience um, is is no joke. You know, obviously building up from whichever route you go. Some people go like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok now, I guess, to to build their audience, build their following. And really cultivate that um, that audience too. I think is really important. Like, however you're doing that is 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 important to do um, with emails or with other content, just to really like to to provide value to to your audience um, before before even trying to like sell anything. That's something for sure that I've learned. But yeah, I would say building the audience is the hardest thing, and then making sure that you are whatever product you're selling to them is the right is something that they really need and want versus just something that they don't. Yeah. I felt like the learning of the software and technology Mm. was such a learning curve for me. Like Mm -hmm. just learning how to make a landing page. Like I couldn't wrap my head around, like it it would take me, I don't know, triple quadruple the amount of time to do it then as I do it now. Totally. And um, it just, it took me so long. Did it, 
Did you have those type of issues? Yes. At the thank you for the reminder. I forgot about that. It, it definitely has gotten so much easier. So it doesn't play on my mind as much now, but for sure in the beginning, no experience with coding and tech, tech in any kind. So like that course that we did was very helpful for me, which, um, the, the, uh, how to make an online course better there. Like that was very helpful. Just the step by step, like learning process, but the time. The time it took, like that was a huge challenge for me also. It was just the time it took to learn how to make a basic website or a basic sales page or like those things. It is for sure an, an investment of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if I if I kind of leave that part of the learning aside, like if I if I haven't built a website in a while, mm-hmm. I'll go back and have to do an update or build another website and be like, oh shit. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to, rem- to remind yourself. How did I even do this? I know. You have to teach yourself again. I feel the same way. It just goes in one ear out the other. <laughs> I mean, we're just, we're just busy. Yes. And then, um, so I, I feel like personally that the online stuff is less pressure financially, but mm. it just never ends. Yes. Instagram feels like it never ends. Mm-hmm. Social media feels like it's just never ending. You could just pour more into the pot mm. and you would just be pouring more into the pot. Sure. Um, content creation. When I spoke to Jill, Jill has mm. her her business figured out so that it's a little bit more compartmentalized where she's mm-hmm. like, my husband takes care of video editing and I do the content creation and then mm. she has got somebody running her studio. For me, mm-hmm. I don't have a brick and mortar, but I feel like Every bit of Carrie Wee that runs, Mm -hmm. if I'm not doing it, it's not getting done. I mean, it's great that it's going all the time, but is that fatiguing for you? Um, I feel like we've, Brett and I have both gotten a lot better with boundaries around every aspect of our business. But one, one of those is in the content creation. Like we have a pretty set, for example, for Instagram, like how often like we know we it, it would be way better for the algorithm if we posted more often but we don't it it's just too fatiguing for us to do that with everything else we're doing in our business so we do just have like sort of a set limit on the amount of posts that we'll do on our main page because we also have four social media so there's a lot of other ones as well just as well as our main page where make a moment but um so there's that and then the the emails that I do are very systematized in that I know when they're going out so I literally have every day, like which email I'm writing and working on, like which email needs to go out. So I'll have a very set, less stressful for me. It's not as creative, like as it is, maybe I would have liked it to be back in the beginning, but I've realized that I just do better with the system versus all this creative freedom that just kind of ends up making me anxious. So, so just having these kind of set like times and days to get these emails out really helps. And Brett and I have a meeting every week. We on Zoom, we sit down and we work out like what's what's the next thing that's going on. We work a few months in advance. So we know, like for example, we planned out the showcase is happening in May because we knew we were doing this retreat in no intensive basically in November. So we have so we kind of like backtrack almost for the whole year. And then we know like when things are going to be when we're closing the, the registration on this. So with that being in place, it's a lot easier to work backwards and to know when these emails are going out. And just when the work has to happen, basically. So that makes sense. Yeah. Partner versus, I mean, we love Brett, but like <laughs> I've, I've done both. I have mm-hmm. had a partnership yeah. and wonderful in a lot of ways. And then I work on my own now 
wonderful mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Can you talk about the uh, just the ups and downs? You guys, does it feel like? What does it feel like? Because <laughs> you're married, but then you also have another partner. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Brett and I have been together much longer than my husband. So it's, it's, it's funny. Um, basically, yeah, we've been, we've been together professionally like 11 years now. So there's definitely been some massive ups and downs during that time of just like how we've evolved. Like we started out as a, as a professional work, like a artistic couple, you know, <laughs> like literally like doing our aerial acts together. But I think that really helps solidify our relationship in such a way that like your trust with your life. Like, you know, this Carrie, all of you aerialists know this, like when you're working with someone that closely, you have to trust them so much. So that trust just, I feel like it just carries over with every part of our business and company. And even our friendship, like it's like, we've definitely, there'll be times when we've had disagreements, of course, like, or there'll be miscommunications that can be a thing that still happens. But at the un- underneath, we trust each other so much, Every, like morally, financially, like all these different like depth levels, emotionally, like it's all, um, it, it's all based on a really, a really healthy amount of trust. And I think also, to be honest, like knowing why it works for me so well to have Brett as my partner is I know where my strengths are and and I know where his strengths are. So it's like, even if sometimes we complain about having to do this job or that job, like it's like, we both know that that's what we're good at. And it just so happens that they're the things that the other one's not as good at. So it just like works out really well. We got really lucky in that sense. You guys have been through a lot in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a kid, which is a huge life change, enormous. Yeah. And then he went through a year or two of, of, of a shoulder injury, which is so a delicate thing for an aerialist. And I have to say that like what, what you're saying, it does sound like a marriage, Mm. how you're explaining it. And things aren't always equal. That's the problem with all relationships. And I think the, we think that things are equal, but it's never equal. It's it's an overlapping and sharing and sometimes you got 60% and sometimes you got 40% yeah. and you have to kind of flow with it. I personally think that being in a solo partner a solo entrepreneurship right now, it feels so heavy mm-hmm. on your own. It yeah. really does. But, you know, when you work with somebody else then then you have to deal with the personalities. So it's it's both, but there's pros and cons to both for sure. There are pros and yeah. cons. What kind of advice do you have for anyone out there who is contemplating either one of these type of businesses or both? There are pros and cons to both these kinds of businesses, online and brick and mortar, of course. Um, in terms of like the, if you're looking to build an online business, whether it's aerial related or otherwise, I would say just really focus as much as you can on serving your audience. Like that is going to really help you build your anything that you want to sell basically like the more that you can build your your trust with your audience the more they're they're going to get to know you feel you're authentic so the more you can show up for them in whatever way that you can and serve them then that's going to really help you as you go along and, and then you know get your products out and that kind of thing so i would just say serve as much as you can be of service as much as you can um give back and and that's going to really hold you in good stead as you go about whatever kind of product that you want to end up selling um 
And then also like, yeah, just really get to know them and get to know what their needs are and like what they want. Like that's a huge one. I think we can do that with surveys. You can just like survey monkey. Um, you can use all different kinds of tools to even just polling on Instagram to ask your audience what, what they're looking for, what they need. Um, we'll help you with that. And then when it comes to like a studio, um, or just brick and mortar in general, yeah, I would say don't be afraid to like niche down. Um, there's definitely been some times where I've, you know, over the years, like experimented with and even desired to kind of like expand on the studio, like itself, like a, like, like our brick and mortar studio or just like aerial offerings in general. And I keep coming back to, even though I think, oh, won't people prefer just more of a fitness branded aerial? Like, isn't that sort of more what they're looking for? The more I experiment with this, the more I keep coming back to like, no, people really, because I, I, I talk to a lot of our, um, our students as they come in to the lofts. Like I, I speak to some of them on the phone and via email and I, I find out what their motivation is a lot of the time. And it really is that they want to have a fun way of working out that is artistic. They want like, they want a creative outlet is a big one. And they, it's not necessarily about like, you know, like getting fit and losing weight and that kind of thing that we might think people are interested in. It's just like, it's, they really want to try something different. They want to, to, to get into that zone, get into the flow, like be in a, in a class situation where they get to really express themselves and just kind of forget that they're working out as well as be part of a community, a really supportive community. So this is something that I've learned as a studio owner that is just so important and I've just started cultivating that. And it's really been helping our business um, thrive. Like our, our studio has, has just been so much more successful in the past year, like from sort of us just sort of working on building the community and really going deeper into that community building, as well as leaning into the artistic approach that we have with our studio versus just the fitness um, compartment. So yeah, this is something that I've learned over the years, sort of like the hard way in, in some, in some ways. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really, I'm really um, happy that I have, because I feel like I know, I know what we stand for now. I know what really, what our brand is. Um, and it's, and it's helping, like it's helping people and it's also helping us as a business. How long do you think it was from 2014 till now that you feel like you had your feet underneath you? Oh, oh my gosh. Such a good question. Such a good question. (laughs) I never really felt like I did in the beginning at all. Um, I would only say, you know, and and since this is actually like a pregnancy and airless podcast, like, uh, I would actually say like, once I had Evie, my daughter, like I things, and I think a lot of moms probably feel like this, but like things I really started prioritizing. So I was really able to focus in really on what I wanted and, and, and found more stability within my business. Um, before that I was really stretching myself quite thin with performing as well. And I still do caveat, I still do perform here and there. Definitely not like I was doing before. Um, so really being able to prioritize, even though there's these like, can be hard sometimes because there's these like, I know you know this too, Carrie, like these like kind of sexy opportunities, these gigs or whatever that I'm like, oh, so fun. And sometimes I still do take them and sometimes they are really fun. But I'm also really leaning into this like entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Like I I don't get my value. Like I don't, I don't sort of like experience my sense of worth as much as I used to as being a performer. Like it's not really 
on my radar. It's still there and I still like to do it occasionally, but I feel like once I let that side of myself go and as being like that, that I'm an aerialist, that's, that's who I am and really focused on the sort of more integrated approach to who I am, um, my business really started to thrive. So I think that I would say in terms of years, if you're talking, it was three years that that has happened. Um, I do feel in a good place now. Well, and there is unfortunately a pandemic in there, which mm-hmm. I know you guys had grown to a second space just adjacent to the right. studio. And then in the pandemic made the difficult decision to let that space go. Mm-hmm. And now there's... Do you, know, do you know what my husband calls that space? What? The vanity space. <laughs> because just for those who don't know, there was a an opening that came up next to the studio, like the, the, the space next to us became available. So we did lease it. And the thing is that we didn't, like there's so many failures, Carrie, like I will say, and now I can laugh at them. I'm like, oh, that just, that was just like a lesson. I just learned so much from that. So we expanded into that space and that's great. But it was really just a space for Brett and I to train because there was only, we could only fit two points in there. Like the, the way that space was structured with the with the second story and everything, it just wasn't really conducive to having classes in there. So yes, we expanded in there and yes, COVID happened. We had to shut down and we had to let that space go, but it really was a blessing in disguise because it wasn't a, an income generating space. It was just really going to be dead weight on us. Even if, even if the studio, like even if everything had stayed open, do you know what I mean? It's like a lesson also in like, in being lean, that why do we need this extra space just to train like really that was it like you know we can train during the day at times like this is humbling but also really important learning like to, to have <laughs> but you had that amazing black box it's true. now you it, have no it black amazing. and white space it looked amazing. for your instagram what are we gonna do now I'm kidding. exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> the vanity space in the scheme of things seven eight years is not that long to get a business from zero to completely thriving. But if you're in it, I think it can feel very long. Totally. Totally. I think one of the reasons why it did take us a good, a good seven or eight years is to be honest, is that duality is that, that kind of like um, battle we were having with who we were as farmers versus business people, entrepreneurs, you know, like there was that, it was always like we were up against and there's still moments of that, but it's more just more about our training now versus our performing component. But, and yeah, and I don't regret any of that because I needed, I still had things to say and do and express as a performer. And I, you know, that's not something that I would wish away, but it just, I just took longer for that reason. I feel like, you know, to get there, like to really be like, okay, I'm all in on this business side of things versus like, I want to be an artist. I'm going to stay an artist. You know, that was just that. It, it was a it was a battle for sure. And it's an energetic battle yes. because I feel like the the dollars and cents they're not exactly one to one. It's yes. not like okay, sure you can make a lot of money in your business and also perform, but if right. you're energetically not putting all the attention yes. into it, then it gets less love and you know, it's like your plant yeah. gets less water, less food. Exactly. I mean, when I was fully focused on performing, I didn't have time to call up people that were coming into the studio to see how was that class and just check in on them and get to know them better. I was too busy, you know, thinking about obsessing about how it wasn't good enough. And you know, all the stuff that artists, a lot of artists go through and that's, 
that's fine. That was just what I needed to do. But do you know what I mean? Like I didn't have the time and energy to to give the way I needed to, to like that was my part. And then Brett, obviously, not to speak for him, but you know, he didn't necessarily have the bandwidth him to to research all of these different kinds of insurances and in you know liability insurance, all the kind of stuff that you know he does like for us that was you know, in order for us to get to the next level that needed to be done. So, so this has all happened recently as we've sort of transitioned to focusing more just really organically on the business. Well, and you guys made a huge step recently to bring us on as employees because before mm-hmm. we were independent contractors mm-hmm. and, you know, that's a big deal because you also grew your teacher list. Mm-hmm. It's not like you brought our t- your teacher list down and then also brought on us on an empl- as employees. So that's, a, yeah. that's a big change for you guys as business owners. Yeah. Um, and uh, in LA, you know, if you go teach for a studio, other studios, not Womack and Bowman, you mm-hmm. get like not a very high hourly. Mm-hmm. You kind of fend for yourself and try to teach as, as many places and grab privates in here and this and that. And we have a whole structure at Womack and Bowman. We have, mm-hmm. you know, we have a family there. It feels like a family to me. Yeah. And we have the support and we have a thriving community. When you were talking about the kind of change of having a lot of brand new students Mm. versus, you know, people who are almost professional, just taking advanced level classes. Yes. That change, um, (laughs) Rach, I like calling it um, popping cherries on Fridays (laughs) because I've got my start here class on Friday nights and they'll come in. They'll be like, I've never did it. I was like, you're a virgin. You're an aerial virgin. Enjoy for 15 more minutes. Enjoy your last 15 minutes because (laughs) you're about to... Get your cherry popped. And I love it. I get to introduce them to this thing that might potentially change their life. And a lot of times it does because a a huge number of those people come back and get completely obsessed right off the bat. And, you know, it's it people people meet their best friends at the studio. They do. Yeah. You know, that's who they hang out with now. And Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see. It's wonderful to see our kids growing up together Mm -hmm. because uh, we have that community of our friend group who Mm -hmm. are all aerialists and and have toddlers almost the same age. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something so special about this community Mm -hmm. that you and Brett have created. Grateful to be a part of it. And um, I don't necessarily think it can be imitated, but for sure people out there, different countries, different cities, like Mm -hmm. it is possible. I think Mm -hmm. like pink is having circus people in her tour again. It is still, it's still hot, you know, it's growing. I think, do you feel like, um, what's, what's the trend? Do you feel like just the vibes you get from our industry? Totally. Because we live in LA, so it can be its own little box. (laughs) Like, but I do feel like there's definitely that, the growth, um, you know, air, like aerial fitness, it's grown. There's different sort of studios popped up that just sort of really focus on the fitness com- component. And to be honest, it sort of feeds into our studio as well because we do have more of the, the the artistic and all the different kind of apparatuses that we offer. So I think that it does, the, the bigger, I guess, the more exposure, whether it's through Pink or other artists doing aerial, like the more exposure it gets, it, it, it benefits all of us, you know, and in all over the world. So. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. And I think it's only going to get more and more as people, as people really kind of, you know, like boutique fitness itself so much in the last like five, six years, 
mean, COVID aside, but like it really is people are looking for something else other than just a big box gym where they treadmill. Like they want community. They want to, to work out together. They want to learn cool things. And if there's like a creative expression in there as well, that is just like this massive um, positive as well, you know, which is why, why I think aerial, aerial arts um, studios like really stand out in that sense. So I think if you are a studio owner and you're not necessarily struggling, but looking to kind of like continue growing is, is just like remembering that and remembering that people are like looking for this fun outlet um, and, and making it approachable, like, which is what we really tried to do with a start here class that Kerry's talking about. We call it start here literally, which is like a try try a class where you come and try like a little bit of, a little bit of Lyra, a little bit of hammock, a little bit of silks, like just to kind of get a taste of it. And it's a super fun class. It's like one of our most popular classes is a way to just try things out. And, and I think, yeah, the more we can just make Ariel accessible to people, the, the, it's going to just continue. I love it. And I think this is really, um, really beneficial for the listeners because there's a lot of people out there who, you know, wonder how it's done. And, um, you know, you've done it. Still learning here too. I'm still learning here too every day. So <laughs> don't have all the answers, but definitely have some uh, hard lessons learned for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rachel used to say that to me all the She's like, oh my God, how many times have we failed? <laughs> so good. Cause that's how all the growth happens. When I look back on all like the success, I look back, there's always a failure behind it. Always. Every time. Well, and it, it gave you so much confidence, I think, too. I think so, too. I think so, too, because what's the worst that can happen? Oh, if I've done that a million times, like, <laughs> I'm not scared of that at all. Like, yeah. I mean, you guys would just think of an idea and, like, <laughs> put so much behind it. And then also the willingness to let it go when it wasn't. Yes. When it wasn't working, I think is a very important I element of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Yep. You could also drain all your money hanging on to an idea yes. that was not coming around. I agree. And that's been a big lesson too. Yeah. Because some things can just be like, like almost like an ego thing, like, or you think it's a good idea and then it's just, you can push it and push it and push it. And it's not working. And then there is an element of humility that letting that go. And then like, oh, what did I learn from this? And then, yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. And that, that helps me too, because, you know, it's like once you can get over things like, the fear of failure, mm-hmm. the fear of embarrassment. Yeah. You don't really have very much to lose. Totally. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is so a good. wonderful freeing place to be. Isn't it? I think it's also yes. part of getting older as well, right? It's, yeah, like giving a give, lot less fucks about everything. We used to give a fuck about a lot of other things. Totally. And we just don't now. Oh my God, in my 20s, I cared so much. I cared, I cared, I cared so much. I gave so many fucks. <laughs> gave so many fucks. I mean, I remember you showing us the both new spaces in North Hollywood and you're like, oh, this is, and you open the curtain. You're like, this is where I'm sleeping. <laughs> I remember totally. that. And it feels like you it was guys. yesterday. I was cleaning the toilets before the classes started. Like, every day I'd be cleaning the bathroom after I showered because I knew people would be coming into that bathroom. Like, this is how the business started. Like with me on my hands and knees cleaning the bathroom in our first space after I'd had a shower. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was yesterday, but really it was a really long time ago. Yeah. And um, Rachel does really sweet things to me. Like she gets on Amazon and sends me books on becoming (laughs) like becoming a millionaire. (laughs) 
<laughs> she does. She just did. <laughs> just one. I know it resonated with you. Like that was kind of like a funny one too. So it was- well, and she knows that you know, Rach knows that I'm kind of me and Ace are at that part of our lives where it's like make it or break it time. Like we're, we're renovating a house to have passive income. I'm I'm like doing it five years into an online business that's yeah. doing pretty well, but still, it's like, do you just how much money do you invest in it so mm-hmm. that you get more eyeballs? Like it's just so. For sure. It's a hard time for me. I'm I'm yeah. producing two podcasts and yeah. one day we're going to make ad revenue, but not yet. You know, I have a three-year-old <laughs> and I have a three-year-old and she sends me little messages like it's just before rich. That's all. That's all. <laughs> that's all this is. It's OK. You're just pre rich. You would send these things and it does help because it's like and I know that I'm in that place, mm-hmm. you know, um, for you. It was your performance transition into mm-hmm. the the loft and mm-hmm. the online business. For me, it's post-performance going into my online business. And it's yes. like that transition is rough. It's ruthless. Yes, for sure. And it always calls siren song calling you back, right? Like, I think especially yeah. seeing all these like, amorous things happening on social media. It's like, wait, that's what I'm supposed to want. You know, there's those moments of that. And I still maintain that I do, like, I'm doing a job next week that I'm excited about. Like, every now and then, like, I still do get excited about some things. But just to make it my main, like, income and the stress that comes with that, of maintaining that and and, and not having a choice about what job I do so much because I needed everything that came in. Like, that was the more place that I came from. And and that can be stressful. And, and yeah, but it can still be seductive, though, at the same time. So... Siren song. I've never thought of it that way because I get mad, Rach. And I know this is a very privileged place to be, to be Mm -hmm. offered a performance job. For sure. In your mid 40s, but you're a mom and you have a tight schedule and you're running a business and you're like, should I take it? Yes. And I have so many emotions. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unpaid rehearsals. (laughs) Just have so many emotions about it because I'm like, I don't really want it, but I do. And no, it's a tough one. So it is. Yep. Yeah, we're lucky to have our friend group because we it's it's a very often conversation. Yes. <laughs> we have it a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise on this particular topic. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and then uh so Silk Stars Live is now open for registration, right? Yes, actually. And the early bird is gonna be closing uh March 17th. So I think that should be just like fairly soon after you, if you guys are hearing this before then. Um, so you can like save a lot if you want to sign up for them. We do have two tiers. Like, so there's like a standard um, tier and then there's a VIP tier. So there's like, different options and payment plans and that kind of thing. But I would love, love to meet more aerialists, work with you guys live and, and in person. So you can sign up at um, silkstars.com slash live for that. And this is in person. It's in person. Oh my God. You, I mean, it's in person. Then you could like make a whole I'm trip Carrie. to LA around it. And I'm too- going to be there. Uh-huh. And if you haven't heard all of my sarcasm in real life, you've seen hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to keep it interesting. But yes. uh, thank you, Rachel. And then, um, yeah, I really look forward to Silk Stars Live. And, uh, and if, also, if you guys just want to make a trip out to LA, you can always come to class. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm there every week. She's there. She's there, there every single week, <laughs> um, including in about an hour when I start my. Yeah, six you two. are. That's right. That's right. Um, all right, Rach. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Carrie. You're awesome. Thanks for having me.
Ah, my God, Rachel, I just love you. We've just been friends for so long and I've just had the privilege of watching her grow and thrive in her business and her life, in her marriage, in her as a mom. And it's just, you know, you watch your friends succeed and just thrive. And it's so exciting. It's just so exciting. And I'm so proud of you. Really, I am. And it's so great to go on this journey with you and to, and to, you know, just grow together. It's amazing. I can't say enough about it. And um, for my listeners out there, I'm really excited because teacher training registration is now open um, in person LA hybrid with some Zoom hours, June 24th and 25th. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to see what's in store. There's some early bird pricing going on. So check out the link and see if uh, it might be right for you. And other stuff on my website, there's some free stuff, some great resources. I'd love to have you on board. Thank you so much to Asa Watkins, sound engineer. And if you would honor me with the five-star rating and review, it means so much just fat, bleh, smash that five stars. Please, it's so, please, I love you forever. And, um, you know, contact me if you want to be on the podcast or know somebody who you think would be great for this podcast. And I'm really happy to be uh, repped by Digital Podcast Health and Wellness Group. And if you really love hearing the sound of my voice some more, Greener Grass Podcast. Uh, it's a lot more broad. We talk about everything over there. If you just like to hear the sound of my voice. There's more, uh, there's more where that came from. All right, guys, over and out. Great to see you. And this is Expecting Your Podcast with Digitent Podcasts.